Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Headphones, let's get those charged. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network Thanks as always for making your way here Checking out the series uh, I hope you hit the uh, subscribe button uh, We put out three new interviews every single week So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists Discover some new ones Know what's happening in the music world All the usual spots too Like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from, wherever you're listening to this right now, hit that subscribe button. I'm Kyle Mayer today talking with System of a Downs, Serge Tonkian. Uh, we're going to be discussing his new art and music exhibition. It's called Not for Touching, the Intangible Exhibition, which finds Serge uh, animating his paintings, setting them to music, and presenting them in the NFT world. Now, the songwriter activist uh, takes us back to the moments that he began painting as a way to see his music come to life. How System of a Down's albums, uh, Hypnotize and Mesmerize, inspired his use of clocks in his work. And then gives us the stories behind pieces based on uh, Bowie and jazz. And Tonkin's also going to discuss his film score work, uh, future exhibition ideas that involve uh, more of our senses, uh, when he may do more rock songs, and drops the news on a uh, choral project he's working on that is currently titled Invocations. So let's do it again. Not for touching the intangible exhibition, it's Kyle Meredith with System of a Down's Serge Tonkin. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks for calling me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> As you, uh, get older, as you get the wise people start calling you sir yeah well it's, it's sort of a, i think it's a little bit of the midwestern thing here too or whatever oh, kentucky yeah. is because i think i'd call i'd call like my kids friends sir maybe i i don't need to <laughs> i don't need to at all they're, they're like they're like nine you know Hi, right sir. <laughs> well good for you sir you, young sir and then yes, suddenly i turn sir. so you're know, like a uh, victorian age you know what i need to it's uh it's <laughs> No, dude. Um, so what we're talking about today, uh, not exactly music, although we're going to touch on that with this uh, project as well. But uh, to make sure I got this right, not for touching the intangible composition. This is an, uh, an art exhibition piece that you've uh, that you've put together and Vatican, collaborated on in the Vatican collection, not for touching the Vatican collection <laughs> or, you know, the, <laughs> um, what is this? This is OK. So for years I've been doing uh, I've been painting. Uh, my, I've been painting so that I can see my musical compositions. So, uh, you know, the first time I painted, I had a musical composition and I wanted to kind of see what it, you know, how it would look on canvas, you know, if I were to paint it, you know? So that was the whole mystery to me. And luckily I liked it. I liked the first one I did. It was called Disarming Time. 
And so I kept on painting. So all my paintings have musical compositions. If you walk into a gallery, you'll be able to listen to the painting with a, uh, an app that does optical recognition that marries the music with the actual physical artwork. And so you can actually walk around on your earbuds, headphones, whatever, and listen to each painting and get really immersed. So when the uh, idea of NFTs came out, I thought to myself, wow, this is kind of like the next step because there's certain things we can do with the physical, uh, you know, gallery space or museum space, if you will. But virtually, we can build so many more mm, non-tangible, if you will, elements that interact with the senses to multiply the artistic effect of the piece, music, art, all of it together. And, but again, it all stems from music uh, for me because, you know, that's where I'm coming from, obviously. Um, so that's what this is. They're basically NFTs um, of my art, my music, and this incredible uh, kind of, I call it a dance, but it, it's, it's basically incredible animation and, uh, and, and digital painting done by a really good friend of mine who I've done multiple projects with. He's done two videos for me. His name's Roger Kupelian. Um, he's done the uh, artwork for my second book, Blaring Through Oblivion. He's done two, three videos for me, music videos, and he's just incredible. So we created this really immersive world of art and music for each of these NFTs. It, it, they're really hypnotic. Like watching these, I didn't exactly know what to expect when I went into them. I kind of understood the concept, but it, it's not until you see, as you say, these, these, um, these paintings come to life and, and, you know, take you on these, you know, sort of, I don't know what you say, like a, like a, you know, minute to three, four minute journey with some repetition that builds and transforms. And I just sat back with my mind sort of blown the entire time. Oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Um, it, it is immersive. It, it does take you somewhere. Um, the music is, is the biggest conduit to that, but the visuals and, and the, the way they're, that they're changing. And so like, you know, if you were actually sitting with headphones on and, you know, with a big screen or your computer screen, you just kind of dive into it. it and that's what art and music is. It's like taking us on these journeys and, and out of our kind of really crazy, busy lives. And even if it's just a few minutes to kind of take you somewhere else and make you feel something else or, or, or relax your mind or whatever it is, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing that, that we are able to do that. Yeah. The, uh, so, you, so you see the clocks come in and, and you talked about disarming time as, as one of your first one. So I, I'll go back to there because there is a a solid voice. I, I think you say uh, when you're talking about the art world, like I can see your artistic, your painting voice through this. When did you start realizing that part of you that that you were finding a, a style? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I've even found a style per se, <laughs> but you know, my my original idea uh, actually stemmed from. System of Down's mesmerized, hypnotized days. I had seen this incredible documentary, this French uh, documentary called Gleaners, where this woman had picked up a clock from a um, kind of like a you know um, pawn shop, let's say, and uh, the clock itself didn't have any arms, and so it was being sold for really cheap because it didn't have arms. It was pretty much useless. But you know, looking at a clock without arms always signified um, you know timelessness for me literally. Um, 
And so we use that concept, uh, Darren's dad, uh, Vartan used the concept uh, in the artwork for Mesmerized Hypnotized with System of a Down. I gave the guys gifts during our recording sessions that were clocks from these uh, pawn shops that I bought and I painted over and ripped out their arms and did stuff with them and stuff. And so I've had the concept for years. And when I, when I thought of painting, that was my first concept, you know, using clocks to denote notes of my actual first measure of my composition on the canvas. And the arms of the clocks became the tails of the notes, like quarter, eighth, or whatever, in terms of, you know. And so Disarming Time, my first painting, if you look at it, it's literally the first measure of my musical composition on a, on a canvas painted, and but the clocks actually denote the notes in that first measure. So that was my first thing, and that was a unique thing mixed media no one had done it exactly in that way plus the marriage of music with the um, artwork was very very interesting to people and moving and then I started more freeform painting and using my hands using different tools and stuff like that and it's hard to explain that really because there there is no other element except you know that motion that you're putting into the painting but I really truly enjoy it and things come out of it you know um and uh, yeah, so I've been doing it for a number of years now, held a bunch of physical exhibitions and mostly in Los Angeles and New Zealand, two places I paint, um, some, some, a lot of gallery stuff, a lot of uh, group exhibitions, some museum exhibitions, and then now going virtual. Well, that, those stood out for me. I mean, we've got this clock piece right over my shoulder here, which has uh, oh, really? always been one of yeah. my favorites. But, but that's, I mean, you know, when we look at art, we, we, we start to, uh, you know, maybe even subconsciously look for what represents us within it. Um, and I've been obsessed with time for as long as I can remember in, in a way that the science fiction that I choose is time trial, you know, just whatever, you know, it is like that was in there. And to see these kind of floating through uh, many of these pieces and then try to figure out what that meant within the other big story that you were trying to tell. Does that become part of it? Because again, you you sort of have what these clocks might represent as a whole, but then they fit within another complete story and theme altogether. They do. I, you know, I it just to to me, it's it's all it's all about timelessness. You know, using time to denote timelessness. It's it's kind of like uh, you know, um, but but look, the, the beauty of the beauty of art and music is in the eye of the beholder, right? Like. It's whatever it means to you. I, I've, I've been at exhibitions where someone will be looking and listening to the painting and then they'll come up to me and they go, that mermaid in the corner is incredible. And I'm like, what fucking mermaid, right? <laughs> so I'll go and look at it and I'm like, oh my God, it is a fucking mermaid, right? Like, you know, it's it's the universe speaking through you and, and you don't know where that's going. And, you know, and, and same with lyrics, same with music. Like, you know, you put out a record and... And people come up to you and, and be like, oh, that song talks about that. How did you know? And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know. But like, you know, there's there's all these things in the universe speaking through us. And, and so um, it is in the eye of the beholder. And, and that's what I love about it. It's like, it, that's why people can personalize art and music. That's why they feel so attached to it. It's not because they like this one artist, which is great, that, that created this thing. That's fine. But it's because it tells them a story about themselves. You know, they remember the love, their heartbreak, whatever the song is about, you know, or the angst that they have and the hypocrisy that they feel, you know, like the, all of it, you know, it talks to them and then they talk to it, you know, and, and it's the same with paintings. I, it, 
combined with music, paintings have a more guttural effect than the, you know, um, the snobby world of art that we know it. Well, it's that, that marriage of, of, of the senses too. I mean, you know, as a generation and myself that was raised on music videos, those music videos created a world and that world is who I assume those artists were in a lot of ways. This is a, for me, another way of seeing this. Um, one of the very first pieces, uh, usually in my other studio, I'm surrounded by Bowie pictures just on the wall. And you've got a, a piece on here called Bowie RIP. And I would ask maybe an obvious question, but but what took you there? What 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 took you into that land of Bowie to put him on or put uh, this this idea on canvas? So the, the funny thing, I actually have a picture of David Bowie and I in the next room. Um, and uh, I've met him twice backstage after his shows, which was incredible. He was such, such a generous guy with his time. And he had the same look on his face as a Dalai Lama, which is very non-judgmental, loving, almost childish and beautiful in that sense, you know? That's what I remember about David Bowie. But the painting was about my dog Bowie, <laughs> who I named after David Bowie because my, my husky who passed a few years back had two different color eyes, exactly like Bowie's, exactly. And I'm like, oh, you know, so I called the dog Bowie. And uh, when she passed, uh, I, I painted that as as an as an homage to her, you know, life and stuff. But that was before the real David Bowie passed, which made it more sad. <laughs> I don't mean to to take that away from your dog, then, but uh, <laughs> here we are. No, it it works. Um, I, I'll hit on a couple other pieces to, here too. Uh, Jazz them up. I think was Got the it. most surprising of yeah. all of them. One because you get a full on. <laughs> sounds like an all-time classic jazz song that I'm like, I've heard that, no, this has got to be brand new though, right? Because of this thing, like, and, and the marriage of the pictures, which take me back to that, oh, what did you call that um, sort of art deco thing, you know, and the, or the, you know, New York uh, Times would use in their cartoon sec, you know, it's like all of that marriage, like, where did that piece come from? Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I was doing all of these uh, musical pieces with clocks and, I, I wanted a lot of them, some of them were really dark and some of them were pastel and kind of in the middle in terms of, you know, colors. I'm talking about the paintings, obviously. And then, and then this one, I, I made a concerted effort of almost making it like a kid's painting, you know, like really bright neon colors and, 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 and the music obviously very kind of lively and, and, and moving and, and kind of positive. Uh, being jazz and and so the the painting became a very unique kind of it really pops out and became like pop art with the same kind of vibe of some of my earlier paintings which were basically the you know uh, the musical clefs and the and the clocks denoting the notes and the same same kind of thing with like uh, quadrants for each of the different colors and stuff like that it just became a really poppy paint we actually Years ago, the, the original was auctioned at a uh, nonprofit and, and raised a lot of money for a nonprofit, which I'm really proud of way early on, many years ago. Yeah. Well, even just musically then, I mean, it's such a, a detour from some of the other pieces, like I said. I mean, you're in that, right? You're playing that music and other people? Like, what is that music? Th that music is a combination of uh, sampled beats, a lot of sampled beats, a lot of uh, sampled instruments, some live instrumentation added on. Um, before I did Jazz is Christ with uh, some of these incredible jazz musicians, 
Um, but it was kind of put together, you know, that has more live music than this. A lot of, a lot of this is kind of, you know, sampled loops and put, put together, but there is some live instrumentation on this one. Well, it just builds so perfectly every time something else comes through there. I mean, compliments right there. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, the, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Projectiles, the way it changes midway is just so powerful. I know that's not a question. Um, and there is a line, I think, that goes with the description there. Uh, before they landed, they were so beautiful. And that was just one of those moments I had to stop and just sort of, damn, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's scary it's it's scary and it's 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 interesting yeah i mean when i when i i remember painting projectiles and uh and and when i was gonna it's kind of like you pay, painting is a stream of consciousness thing so you're there your body's moving you're not sure what you're doing and then you step back and you go what did i just do like what is this called it's not just what it's called but what does this look like right and Projectiles came to my came to mind, and um, you know, bombing and stuff like that, and and it's almost an artistic taste, uh, uh, kind of not artistic taste, but an art artistic angle of it, you know, like they look so beautiful before they fall, like and then they explode and or whatever, like that's where the idea comes from, and um, the music. Uh, I can't think of the music right now because there's so many of them now. I have over 60 art pieces with music, so it's it's actually hard, and they're and they're not and there's no vocals in most of them, so it's hard to actually. I have to actually play it and go. Oh, this is the music for projectiles. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of crazy. But but what I love about um, what I love about being at a gallery and every time I do an exhibit, there's at least five people who ask me this question. They come up and they're like. I love that piece, the music, the music's so incredible. Where can I get the music? Assuming that it's available. And I go, you can't. And they're like, what? And I'm like, it's only available when you're standing in front of this painting. And it's, and, and you just find people looking at you going, well, why didn't you, why wouldn't you release it? I mean, exactly for this purpose. Like there's this intrinsic relationship you're trying to uh, create, you know, and in our, in our industry has been so, commodified it's been so you know uh, music has become from physical packaging to digital downloads to streaming it's it's become and and to you know the early pre-napster days when music was taken taken basically stolen you know we put out a record with system called steal this album right you know because it was downloaded before we can actually finish the actual you know music itself and so this speaks to that, you know, is that music's become so commodified. It's, it's worth nothing. It's worth nothing. You, as an artist, you spend months working on stuff, years sometimes, you put it out, and its value is so marginal. 
you know, by creating a physical piece, which renders itself valuable because of its physicality, because of its hopefully, you know, elevated artistic intrinsic values. And marrying that with the music that you love, but may not consider valuable, gives it even more value. Um, and to make it exclusive, retains that value. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't released some of the pieces here and there in other collections, musical collections, like I did with um, cinematic, uh, cinema the cinematic series I released, which is a double record. I think there might be a few songs in there from the artwork. So it's not like I'm like really holding on to these when they belong somewhere else, they can go. But overall, I haven't, I haven't released them. Maybe I will one day release a record of like 120 music, <laughs> musical pieces called art, you know, or whatever. Well, it's, it's not so different from the, the, the score work in that sense that you do. I mean, yeah. these are different, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at uh, what you just did a, a couple of those, uh, I Am Not Alone, uh, I'm checking my notes here, Truth to Power. I mean, those are the two most recent scores. Rather. But, but I don't know how similar of work that is for you. Like when you're thinking of this music has to fit what's going on in the film versus this music has to fit what's going on with this, you know, painting vision that I have, like how, how similar is that process? It depends. So there's been a few cases where I've actually scored to the painting, which is which was my original, you know, one of my goals. Like I started before I started painting myself, my 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 idea was to find a series of paintings that I enjoyed and to write musical compositions for them, you know. And then I thought to myself, well, fuck, why don't I just paint them myself, you know? And so the music came first at that point, you know, because I'm going from the music to the painting to paint to my music because everyone listens to music when they paint, right? And so it's kind of backwards uh, film scoring, right? It's like creating the film after the music, right? Whereas with film scoring or TV series scoring, which I've been doing this year, uh, I've done, I'm working on my second uh, series for a large streamer right now, a docu-series. Um, it's, you know, you got picture first generally, you know? There are occasions where you are scoring based on a theme, concept, and then, you know, kind of interlacing your music with the music editor and then finalizing later, which happens on series more so than films. Films are very parallel. You start from one place, you end up in another. You might have multiple edits coming in and screwing up your kind of, you know, flow and the way that you want it to transition between pieces, but that's normal in that world. But, but at least it starts from the left and finishes on the right, you know, on your screen. Um, but with painting, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild, you know. Um, and what would be wild is actually connecting all of them in a way where you can somehow create a large series of paintings that are different. Each canvas is different, they are, but they all somehow connect. And you create music that connects in the same way to all of them. Wow, that would be pretty wild. There's an idea. There is, there is this, um, there was a, I'll just call it a toy uh, before my time. Um, I think it was out in the 60s, but that's what it did. It, it, was, a, it was a little strip, you know, one of those little like uh, image strips that kind of connected through the TV. And while it was doing, there was a record player connected. And it, like I said, it was a little toy though. And, and so whatever image you were seeing, that's, you know, you were hearing that on the right. Like, that's cool. Like, I can see how you're talking about that because that's, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm derailing here. It's no, 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 no. You, you mentioned something really important in the beginning uh, is uh, interacting with the senses. The more that you inter, the, the more that you interact with more senses, the more 
that you are you have a dedicated you know uh art lover right because you know i i even thought you know if if we ever do like a big museum thing one day i'd love to have dedicated small rooms almost like booths for each of the paintings where the full ambiance is controlled not so you're not just seeing the painting and hearing the music which is a given but maybe like three-dimensional things happening just like they are in the nft things coming at you things moving things shaping smells lights colors you know basically walking into the painting right you're you're literally walking into the vibe of that painting so if that vibe is dark then everything is dark the music's dark the sounds the the smells are grainy right you walk into a painting that's you know beautiful and bright then everything's bright right it just it's it's encapsulating and and i'm really interested in that i'm i'm interested in creating that experience which encapsulates the majority of our senses and the byproduct is that you end up creating nostalgia in a moment in a present moment you create that nostalgia when all especially when you add more than one per, uh, people into it you know it's Absolutely. it's all mind blowing stuff what all this stuff does with your brain and your senses you know of it's... course of course smell is nostalgic music is extremely nostalgic as we know sounds you know <clears throat> visuals um there are certain visuals i i remember from my childhood really kind of penetrate my senses like uh, you know if i see them anywhere in the world i just freeze for a second and i go I've seen that before. I'm not sure where, but it's really far back, you know. It's pretty cool, man. Uh, I know we're hitting the clock here. Um, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> but I, I you know, so just a little bit of music question here. Elasticity came out. Uh, was that earlier in the year, right? And yeah, I think it was March. Yeah, I know the story. The original story went that might have been a system uh, album at some point. But now you've done this. Now you've done the rock side like this and this one. Not so different than solo stuff, but it seems it feels different. Like, what does this open the door for you? Have you started to think about that side of you, the rock side, and what happens next? You know, I, Elasticity was really fun to put out, actually, because it it, it was very full of life. It was very moving. Um, uh, something like the song, like your mom, which was you know people were just like blowing their you know it was blowing their minds, which was fucking awesome. Um, and I enjoy doing the rock stuff and I still have more rock songs and they'll probably come to me at a particular time. Uh, but mostly I've been focusing on scoring art, um, putting out a lot of releases. I mean, this year, by the end of this year, I counted, I would have had, I would have had a dozen releases of things that includes two films, two soundtracks. We're putting out two live records uh, in November, December uh, with, with uh, the FCC on tour. Uh, my backup band from 2008-2009 uh, and we're doing the NFT thing we had a live gallery exhibit in July uh, we did Elasticity, Truth to Power, I Am Not Alone, both films came out, both soundtracks came out, <laughs> um, god what else, two cinematic records, a piano concerto uh, called Disarming Time, uh, it's a, like this 24-minute incredible modern piano concerto I did that I love and also uh, my poetry collection, my poetry suite, which is a whole, whole record of poetry with uh, cinematic music that we released uh, later this summer. Um, so it's kind of wild, man. It's, it's been a year of like probably the most releases I've had. And it's just whatever comes. If rock comes, I do rock. Right now, I literally right now, right before I called, I, we, we connected, I was working on and I'm 
just created a concept for a, I don't want to say opera, but it's more of like a, a very unique choral world with, with, with classical instruments. Um, I'm thinking of calling it invocations. Uh, and this is the first time I'm even talking about it because I literally just figured this out. I have these incredible, incredible tracks that I've done over time, a couple of which I've released on cinematic stuff or soundtracks, but they are in that world where they just pull your spirit out of your body, you know, with, with the sounds and the instruments and the vocals. And so I'm thinking about like operatic singers, death metal singers, everything in between, full choir, full orchestra, and just like a really wild kind of concept to do live, live, and maybe recorded or, or maybe replicated in, in different areas of the world. But that's, that's where I'm, so that's where I am this week. But yeah. by, by, by the end of December, I might be rocking, writing more rock songs. So I don't know. I, you, the answer to your question is it all comes. And when it comes, it comes in a uniform, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, when it comes in the rock uniform, I fucking rock it. When it comes in a classical uniform, my classic. You know? Well, I, I tell you, I, I've been putting on the scores uh, just, you know, to kind of chill out to and, and just getting lost. I haven't, uh, admittedly, I haven't seen either film yet, but I have these images in my own head and I can't wait to, to kind of actually see how it met the real thing. So I love what you do. You make it so fun to be a fan of your work. Thank so you, thanks for just, Thank you. you know, doing all of this stuff. Uh, I think it's hilarious because if you run into your any friend of yours on the street and they're like, what have you been up to, man? That's a loaded question. It sounds like right there. So. Yeah, I, I, just, I just go, oh, just working, you know, family life, you know, basic, <laughs> keep it basic. <laughs> Serge, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, again, uh, the newest thing, well, I can't even say the newest thing anymore, but the thing again that we've talked about, uh, not for touching the intangible composition, um, it's so cool what you've been up to. So it's a pleasure talking to you about it. It's, it's a real pleasure talking to you as well. Thank you. Thank you for your time and, and, and have a wonderful day. You too, man. Take care. We'll see you around. All right, brother. Thanks. Bye-bye. My thanks, Serge. Talking again, the, uh, the, new, the, new, uh, the new exhibition is called Not For Touching, the Intangible Exhibition. Big thanks to you, again, for hanging out, checking out this episode. Hit that subscribe button so you can uh, stay up to date on all these interviews. Again, uh, brand new and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, anywhere you get your podcasts from. That does include YouTube for the video versions as well. After all that, do me a favor. Head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Great way to support public radio as well. Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots. Uh, that's uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. I've got a septic tank being dug up. <laughs> People calling. I've got, yeah, it's, it's one of those. One of those days. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.